Thank you for tuning in to Voice of Islam Jamaica. The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Thank you, thank you very much, and welcome back. As I stated in this second segment on today's episode, we are going to continue with um, our previous discussion that we did on responsible upbringing of children. Uh, we reached a point where we had some interesting uh, guidelines as to how to guide our children, but then time was not on our side, so we had to um, deal with just a few of them. And today I have requested our guest, Imam Tarek Azim, who has joined me to um, continue or give us some more useful points that could help us bring up our children. Imam Tarek, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you and Thank all you. the listeners. Thank you very much for, for, for joining us. Um, before you came, we had, we had um, a segment for the ladies on International Women's Day. And um, it was a very fruitful discussion. Last week, in our episode about responsible upbringing of children, you had you had quite good, you know, points that you were sharing. But then, um, whilst you were almost like one third of those points, time, you know, um, done on us. Today, what can you take us through? Take listeners through concerning the same topic of raising our children because it can also tie in with today's celebration as International Women's Day because most of these things are things that women have to seriously look into in order to bring in up their children well. So what can you share with us? Yes, um, first of all, I mean, I would encourage the listeners if, the one, if any, anyone has not heard the previous episode, I encourage them to go online and uh, listen uh, to the episode on voiceofislamjamaica.com voiceofislamjamaica.com uh, so that this discussion as we continue from where we left off people are able to understand uh, what and we to discussed connect, and to connect it exactly. with the previous one because yeah. there is many many essential points that we already discussed sure. so if someone hears only these they might say that some very basic things were missed sure. no they were not missed rather mo many of the things were discussed in the previous episode so i would encourage the listeners to go to uh, voice of islamjamaica.com that's correct sure. yes so the point that we, we were discussing last episode, sure. uh, right at the end, sure. was that we should inculcate a habit of speaking the truth into the children. There should be, uh, you know, the habit of lying should not be in them. And as a matter of fact, the habit of lying is something that children pick up along the way, especially from the parents. Sure. So when we say that don't lie, Number one, it means that we don't lie to the child. Number two, it also means that we do not lie amongst ourselves. For example, sometimes it, is, it, it happens in houses, and that's why I'm mentioning this example. Uh, what might happen is that uh, the mother, perhaps, uh, the child is home with the mother for most sure, of the day. Sure. Uh, he observes the mother do something or you know, uh, hide something or something has been damaged or whatever. Later... Sometime later, the husband comes and asks that uh, what happened to this? And she utters a lie. 
So in this case, the child is observing the situation sure. and he would say that uh, he, he wouldn't even say anything, but pick up this thing that it is okay to hide your thing. To, and, and, uh, to tell life, to save to yourself. Life, to save sure. yourself. And again, I'm not holding mothers responsible. Fathers are as responsible. Sometimes uh, they would go outside, take their child is with them. They would uh, perhaps say something or do, uh, you know, the father might do something that he does not want to be disclosed to the, to the family, to the, to the wife. And later, if wife asks that, have you been to that place? And he might say, no, I've not been there. And the child observing this would be thinking that why, you know, he wa I was there when he went there. And now he is uttering a lie. So without even, uh, you know, the child not necessarily is holding the father accountable, but picking up this habit uh, subconsciously that it is okay to lie. So this was one of the points that uh, we, we were discussing when uh, we basically ran out of time previous episode. Another point that is important to understand, which we likely discussed last time, that when we are uh, raising children, we should, even when they are very young, even two years old, two and a half years old, we should give them some responsibilities. We should give them small tasks. Like, for example, telling the child, oh, can you please fetch me that? Can you bring me that? Or oh, please, can you put this in the trash? Can you please... Uh, do this like small things that are not hurtful to the child at all rather uh, the, the child might be thinking it's a game sure it's a it's a plaything. but at the same time uh, the child is learning how to handle responsibility and his child is learning that the life is not just all about playing games and different things sure. and you know just singing nursery rhymes and things rather some meaningful uh, you know uh, things are being done Chores. by the chi chores, chores are being be, done yeah. And as a child grows without even realizing, it becomes second nature to child to work freely without thinking that, oh, I was playing video games, I was doing this, I'm talking about when child is older. Sure, sure. So this is necessary that responsibility is given to children, small ch uh, tasks in a very early age. And that helps the child develop in this sense that he takes care of uh, the responsibility and the chores that are given to him. And I think um, along that line, one thing that could be almost the beginning of um, introducing children to some basic responsibility which are within the limit of children is telling them to you know lay their own beds you know when they are of that age that they can dress their bed you know put your pillow here don't you know um, put I mean food and other things on your bed always make sure your bed is clean your room is clean and those kind of things as minor as they may be they instill some kind of discipline, cleanliness in, in children. Exactly. You mentioned cleaning or making your bed after. Uh, if you expect the child when the child is already 13 or 14 years to of age to... tell them to do it, they, yeah. they, they, they will find it very Until difficult then, to do. Until then, the mother has been doing it and sure. you know nobody else has bothered. At that age, expecting the child when he's already going through so many changes to understand why he should do that, it's very complicated. So it's better... If the child is put into this habit, even from as early as six, seven years of age, sure. where you lightly keep reminding him that help me out, help me out, and slowly you start leaving it to the child. And from there on, as the child grows up, 13, 14 years of age, by then the habit will already be there. When he sees an untidy or she sees an untidy bed, that would send a uh, you know, message to the mind immediately that, no, this needs to be fixed. It shouldn't be like this. And with that, it looks so, I mean, little, but then interestingly, the bed, 
is the first point of call of the child when they get up and also the last point of call. So once that responsibility is in, I mean, instilled in them, once you get up, the first thing I mean, you do, and then before you go to bed, also the first thing you do, once they're able to keep that, at least everything in between is something that could be, could be, could be done, those which are basically within, within their, their, their right. Moving on, uh, next point that I have in front of me here is that we should help the child understand that stealing is wrong. This theft, seems theft, like yeah. theft is wrong. This seems like such an obvious point. But unfortunately, this is not as obvious as it should be. We still see that parents neglect children uh, in their young age when they're taking things without permission. What is theft? What is stealing? It is taking something without the permission of the owner. It could be something small. It could be something very valuable. But if, it is, you do, if you don't have permission, then you should not do it. We gave example last week in a, a, under a different point that the Holy Prophet Muhammad, <laughs> Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, um, one time there were some dates to be distributed, the fruit, sure. to be distributed to the needy, to the poor. And one of his grandchildren, very young in age, maybe three years of age, took one of those dates and put it in his mouth. The Prophet immediately took it from him, saying that this does not belong to you. So that is what is needed. That instead of just thinking that uh, unless it's not, you know, if it's not a valuable thing, it's not theft. No. Everything that does not belong to you and you take it wrongfully, just take it without the permission, that is theft. And um, this needs to be, this habit sure. needs to be inculcated, inculcated that you sure. don't take anything that does not belong to you. Parents need to pay more attention to this. I mean... Uh, you know, it, it, it happens, I mean, yeah. before you go, it, it happens that sometimes I have, you know, seen one or two occasions where I look into the, the bag of maybe one of the children and you see they have something in their bag which does not belong to them or which I have not bought for them. Strictly, I tell them, take it back when you go to school tomorrow. Take it. If either maybe even they might not be aware. But then you tell them, take it back to school, give it to your teacher. And I mean, they should search for whoever it belongs to. Because it doesn't belong to you. Yeah, there is a proverbial story, kind of an anecdote. It it says that basically there was a child, and uh, when the child was very young, he used to bring home random things from outside. It sure. could be someone's football. Next day, it could it could be a cricket bat of someone. Sure. Sometimes it could be food he would be having somebody's in his toy. Head. Somebody's toy. And the mother would look at it and be like, just smile away, like, oh, where did you get that? Oh, it's this, this person's. Or whatever, I found it outside. So the mother is not investigating where it is he's getting all these things from and not taking any action against it. So the story goes that the child grows up to become a, you know, a, 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 a robber, a robber, a proper robber. One day he gets caught. He gets caught and he's imprisoned. And the mother is very sad when she hears that what has happened to my child. So she goes to see him in the prison. So uh, the story says that he, she goes there and she uh, goes very close uh, to the boy and she says that I'm very hurt and very sad that this happened to you. What caused it to happen? He says, mother, come close to me. I have to say something to you. And when she went close, it's, the story says he bit the ear, the ear of, of the, the mother. mother. And she, she got really, you know, like... Screaming, in, uh, screaming and I was surprised, to be honest. That what happened? He said that this is you. When you, you know, I used to come home with all those things uh, from outside when I was a little kid. 
you never ever pointed out that I was doing something wrong. And today, when I have done this, this robbery, now sure. you're saying I've done something wrong. But you never raised me to think that I'm doing anything wrong sure. when I was taking stealing from other people. So this is important. It starts with small things. And then it, it gets into, you know, bigger robberies and, God forbid, bigger uh, crimes. So we, we say that, we the, you know, nip the, uh, nip the crime yeah. or anything bad in the bud. Sure. Meaning before it blossoms, before it, get, it gets into out any of hand. out, out of, of hand. hand, we should get rid of it. So this habit of stealing, we need to inculcate into our children not to take what does not belong to us. If we go into a doctor's clinic, if we go into an, uh, 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 you know, like an official, an, an office where, you know, for a government office or whatever, even taking a stealing a pen and just bringing it with you sure. from there, sure. that that basically is stealing. It's, it's theft. And if you're giving, if you're giving this kind of training to your children, then you're inculcating in them that it is okay to steal if you know you're not going to get caught. <laughs> so this is very <coughs> cautious. Uh, the parents need to be in this sure, regard. Sure. Mothers and fathers both, and that's how uh, we make sure that our children do not become thieves and robbers and anything like that. One other point that I would like to mention, which kind of connects with stealing, is when we go to. Uh, someone's house sure somebody invites us and we go there uh, we should be r responsible for our children what they do there and doesn't just apply there I mean like when we take our child to a store sure we make sure that the child does not break a glass or something uh, like that sure. because destroy, we will have to pay destroy for that. Things, yeah destroy things because we will have to pay for that similarly when we go to someone's home we should teach the child to sit respectfully and not just bother with things and play around with other people's things. Because the reason I bring this point up is because it often happens. A mother would go to her neighbor's house and be, you know, having a little chit-chat. Children breaking things. Yeah. Anything they see, they want to touch exactly. it. And the host sometimes f is under the pressure that if I say something, I would look a little, um, uh, you know, I might be perceived as being cheap or something. Or imp impolite. Impolite. Yeah. So in, uh, because of that reason, he or she might not say something. But the person... I mean, she, uh, she or that person would have the right, I should yeah. say. But still, it is the responsibility of the parent to make sure that the child is not doing anything that he or she should not be doing. For example, if, um, you know, there is flower vases, something like that, that has been decorated, instead of just letting the child play with it, tell the child that, no, don't do it. It's inappropriate. So these kind of little things need to be taught. Because once we teach them these things that this does not belong to you and you cannot just start touching or playing with it, it, it develops respect in the child's mind sure. for common property and public property, property as well. Yeah. See, w we see here in Jamaica that you are outside. People throw garbage anywhere they like sometimes, sure. some of them. There might be sometimes people just writing anything on the wall outside sometimes, sure. right? Sure. Making some place dirty or... Uh, something like this, uh, uh, damaging public property, right? This happens. There's some light sometimes you notice has been damaged by somebody. Sure. This is because this mindset was not given to the child when the person was a child that what does not belong to you, you take care of it as sure. it, if it as is. As you would take care of your own property. Own, right? So this needs to be developed. This respect needs to be developed for properties of others as well as public properties that you don't just go start damaging and breaking things. Rather, you take care of it as you would if it was your very own property. Next point that I would like to mention is that choosing the friends of your children 
See, in Islam, uh, we are taught as well as the psychologists and, you know, have, if you read the research, it tells us that the company that we keep has a very significant impact on yeah. us. So if you are trying to raise your child in the best manner possible, you're trying to keep him away from all bad habits, all vices and sins, but yet the child is spending so much time with a friend that is doing exactly the opposite sure, of what you're teaching sure. him, then all your effort is going to waste. If you're teaching the child, you should be respectful, you should be polite. But then the child is dealing with a child, a fellow child who is not who is, polite. Yeah, uh, he's, he's cursing, opposite. he's abusing because his, his parents are not inculcating the same sure. habits. So now your child is becoming like that as well. Being influenced by Being that. influenced, right? So we don't uh, condemn that other child because it's not his fault that he is that way. But you have the right. You have the right to yeah. make sure that you give your child the best upbringing possible so that he or she becomes up to, uh, you know grows up to be a good <coughs> uh, sympathetic humanitarian and kind person sure, sure so this is why it's important that you that you see uh, uh, who the friends are of your children especially when they're young and even as they are growing up you need to see that what needs to be done to keep your child in a good company you need to uh, sometimes uh, you know we go out and look for uh, playmates for our children sure you need to see which other parents are trying to raise their children in the very similar fashion that you are trying to do right so this is what is needed uh, by parents that instead of just letting the children go about on their own and faking their friends we should have some involvement in it and trying to find those children who have similar um, moral code or similar uh, good habits Up upbringing upbringing that we are desiring for our children or we're trying to instill in our children. Otherwise, as I said, all those efforts will just go to waste because children are, you know, they mimic. Sure. So if they're spending too much time around a person that is not a, uh, does not have good habits, then they will pick those up. You know, um, sometimes we do see adults who send children on errand to buy things that are not for children. Um, sometimes intoxicants going to buy cigarette or in some cases even weed or ganja or whatever when a child is subjected to this kind of um, you know errand what is what is what is the position on that yes this is what I find extremely concerning um, here in Jamaica some of the intoxicants are so common and uh, you know they're uh, you know, you can say that they are ignored to the point that even children are allowed to be uh, possessing them, or having them, or even consuming them. Sure. For example, rum cake is such a simple example. Ice yeah. cream and uh, alcohol, you know, with some alcohol in it, it's so common and prevalent that uh, there is nothing, um, you know, nobody telling the child that you should stay away from sure. it. Right. In many of the developed countries, you would notice that a child is not allowed to have anything um, with any type of intoxicant, sure. particularly alcohol or uh, cigarette or marijuana or anything, until the age of 18. But here we are very neglectful in that. So it is our responsibility to keep the children away from intoxicants because intoxicants are such that if our child at a young age or even at an older age becomes uh, addicted to any intoxicants, Think of the child as gone from your hands. Sure. Because when something, someone is addicted to something, there is not much you can help that person. There is actually a narration 
uh, in the book that we have been referring to, uh, known as Way of Seekers, yeah. which is written by the second successor of Ahmadiyya Muslim community, of our community. Uh, he mentions that one other, uh, the, the, the successor who was before him, before him he mentions the story of his. So he was a, uh, a, a very wise man, of course, but he was a, uh, you know, kind of a doctor as well, a herbal doctor and whatnot. So he tells his story. He says that uh, there was a relative of his who was involved in many bad habits, such as, you know, taking cigarettes and other intoxicants and things like that. And um, the company that he used to keep was also kind of po very poor. And even though he called himself a Muslim, meaning he was a Muslim, but his habits were not that of a Muslim, meaning he would not go to the mosque, he would not pray, he would not do anything that is religious in any way. Sure. So one time, this relative of the first successor brought a young boy in his company that, may, that would do some errands for him, sure. but uh, he would stay with him in that company and be influenced by him. So the first successor, he says that, um, I, you know, had a talk with that young boy or that child one time. I said, why do you spend time in the company of this person? He does these, these, these are so many things which are affecting you, which are bringing, uh, it is possible that they might affect you in the long run. You should keep good company. So he says that I said those things to the child. He resisted at first, but once I tr tried explaining to him that why it is harmful for him to be in, in that relative's company, that child immediately left and he never came back. At this, the relative got upset. Sure. Sometime later, he, he hired or he found another uh, young boy to assist him in his errands. And this time he's challenged the relative that now, uh, the first successor, that now you cannot make him go away. And uh, the first successor, not knowing and not caring, but feeling an obligation to save that child, when he found an opportunity to talk to him privately, explained to him all those things that he had explained to the at boy at before. At After much explanation, whatever he did, the child would not understand and he would not leave. So after he gave up, and he said he went to that relative of his who, uh, who was the one with, the bad, bad habit, habits, with yeah. the bad habits and asked him that I, I have done so much trying to help him understand, but he just does not get it. And wh what have you done to him that, you know, whatever I say has, is having no effect on him? He said, he replied, he gave him, uh, told him that this person, I have, you know, put him onto intoxicants. He is, has become addicted now. And when somebody is addicted, whatever explanation, whatever reasoning is given, none of it comes to any use. So that person, now because he was dependent on the drugs that he was getting from that, sure. uh, the relative of the first successor, there was no way that he was going to listen to anything else. So this is what is necessary. We need to protect our children from intoxicants because when they start taking any type of drugs um, and they become addicted to them, then nothing can stop them. Then even, uh, you know, let alone parents, even uh, the police can sometimes not stop them because they are willing to commit crime to get the drug that they need sure, to get sure. to, 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 you know, be, um, to have their peace of their mind sort of. So this is why it is necessary. And I encourage the parents that don't uh, wait for your child to become addicted and then be like, oh, why are you doing this? No. You need to see the early signs that what is the, chi uh, the child doing. 
why is he spending so much time outside what kind of friends is he spending time outside with you know for example especially when a boy has reached the age of 10 12 13 these things need to be observed more closely and even as he is growing older this this uh, practice needs to be there in parents that they observe for example what kind of things he is bringing home when he comes home what kind of smell do sure, you see from sure. him what do his eyes look like these are different Some indicators signs that could be picked right exactly. away exactly and perhaps we we can do a whole episode on that that how to prevent um, drug and you know intoxicant abuse but i feel that here uh, in our society uh, intoxicants are taken so lightly that the parents are doing the using them and the child is not being educated about them at all and sometimes they grow up to uh, become addicted users of those same substances that that are harmful next point that i would like to make here is um, that we should address our children politely with respect with respect with politeness with kindness in our tone children you know as i mentioned earlier they mimic everything they're the best mimics out there and i think last last um the last episode you you quoted one hadith from the prophet akrimu auladakum wa ahsinu adabahum that um respect your children and also bring them up in the best you know yes. way make their morals as best sure, as possible sure. correct so this is necessary that we uh, we address them very politely even if we are frustrated we do not let that frustration be visible in our tone when we sure. are talking to children because see if you say something harsh if you use a harsh word that child is just going to pick that up and he's going to use it uh, to next time he's frustrated to, yeah. to even to you or to anyone else and i have seen examples of that so many times a child using a word you're just astounded that wha- wha- why is he it yeah where did he pick it from and the child has no idea that how bad of a word he is using but he's using it because he knows that it it, it is used often in frustration He doesn't know the meaning of sure. it. He has no association with it, you know, with the word itself or the meaning of it. But he knows that this is what people say when they're angry at each other. This is what people say when they're frustrated and then the child goes on to say those things. So this is very necessary that we we address our children very politely and they will enter, you know, in return, return also uh, ad- be adopting that habit that they will address others and even you politely, you know, the parent that is t- trying to teach them. Before you go to the next topic, I'm um, sorry, the, the next point. You know, you stated um that children should be we should not lie to children and sometimes as you said, it is not directly lying to them, but then the actions parents some parents take is in itself a lying posture so the children pick it I mean unintentionally or I mean uh, inadvertently. But then I think one thing parents should also know is that I have basically taken it upon myself never punish a child when they say the truth. When something is gone wrong and you ask a child even if it is a play I mean a plate which is broken and you ask a child and the child says the truth you just have to let them know that what they have done is wrong. But then some parents would punish them and what you do is that you tell the children when you tell the truth you go to be punished. So in order not to be punished these children would not I mean the next time it happens they are not going to I mean um say the truth however they could be even rewarded for saying the truth giving them that kind of uh, you know uh, edge that no matter the circumstance you say the truth and as the bible I mean the gospel says 
say the truth and the, sp- the truth shall set you free. Definitely. So I think it is a habit that we can Absolutely. also inculcate in, in our children. Um, the book Way of Seekers that we are sure. discussing here actually mentions one point along these lines. Sure. The second successor, he says that teach your children to accept their mistakes. Their mistakes, yeah. How do we do that? Number one, we accept our mistakes when we make sure. make them. May it be within, you know, in front of the child, may it be uh, with our relationship with our wife, our spouse, whatever it is. When we accept our mistakes in those situations, we are instilling the habit in the child as well to accept the mistake. You wouldn't, you, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, I mean, uh, you would suppress, you know, sometimes you, you, I mean, a person, you are driving with your child and then a person who is driving maybe, maybe ahead of you crosses the red light whilst you stop. And the child will be like, Daddy, see, that person crossed the light. You see? And sometimes they even look that you yourself, the time they monitor, the time you cross the light and see whether you were also, you know, I mean, a, a corporate or whatever. So these are things that once you instill in them, they know it right from childhood growing up. Yeah. And they are very frank to tell you, even as a parent, that no, this is, this is right or this is wrong. This is wrong. And I think you, this you, is how you, yeah. we should be. You, you know. can say that at that moment, if you say that, no, 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 I am right, or you're not no. willing to accept your mistake, the child might not, possibly might sure. not retaliate. Sure. But then you are... You know, teaching gi- them teaching them something that way. you are not, sure. you don't uh, know the consequences sure. of yet. Sure. So that's why it's important that you accept your own mistakes when, when you're wrong. Secondly, when child accepts the mistake, as, sure. as in that case, you need to be, be sympathetic to them. Be sympathetic to them. Be kind to them. Sit down with them. And it is explained in the book that you should make them realize that what we have suffered sure. we have suffered a loss because of them yes, yeah. instead of punishing them and punishment being the suffering let the loss that has been that is that has incurred be the suffering in itself sure. when you tell the child that this is what has happened now we don't have um, you know for example because you have ruined the, the spoiled the cable we, we cannot watch television we cannot watch television now until I get money to buy a new one exactly so now you, you, you're instilling that uh, uh, habit of accepting the mistake but you're not uh, punishing them directly but making them realize that you have made a, made a wrong because you want them to learn as well sure, that not sure, to repeat sure. that mistake right but as you mentioned that if they speak the truth be sympathetic be kind to them and make them um, uh, realize that why they should not do that again. So as the child grows, I mean, you can even bring in the aspect of money and different as things that sure. how this is hurting us and how this is, uh, I have to go to work to make these, you know, get all these things. So it is difficult. Again, in a polite manner, not sure. in a in a manner that you're rubbing it in the face of the sure. child that I do all this for you. And that is uh, that has its own consequences sure. Sure. without going into the details. So that is another aspect. Uh, you mentioned that, and I mean, uh, uh, you brought it up, so I m- wanted to mention it from the book as well, that how sure, it is explained sure, there also. Sure. Uh, I think we are again running out of time. Yeah. But one point that I w- wish to cover before uh, we finish our discussion, it is, uh, I mentioned last time as well, that a child needs to be given, um, you know, a, a variety of foods. Yeah. And he should not be given in excess. The Holy Quran says, Kulu washrabu wala tusrifu. What it means is that the Allah the Almighty says in the Holy Quran, eat and drink, you know, all the legal sure. lawful things. But do, not but do not exceed the bounds. Do not eat in excess or do not waste all these things. So this is the, uh, the philosophy in Islam. And uh, it needs to be understood that when we give our children only one type of food, our children 
adapt, adapt. certain nature because of that sure if it is lentils or if it is uh, you know only meat or if it is only vegetables each thing will have its consequence not just in uh, you know some t- there's nut- uh, nutritional value of each thing that needs to be maintained as well but each of these things that we consume in terms of habit it, it also has it affects our morals yeah, as well yeah, habits yeah, as well sure. so that's why it is necessary that we we uh, maintain a good balance for ourselves i think we need we need to explain there i mean throw more light on that side so what you are saying like the adage goes you are what you eat and um, basically so what we give to children it has one the nutritional consequence on their growth however it also has physical consequence in the sense of their behavior and their reaction to the public and people around them correct um i read somewhere i think in one of the the books of our, um the holy founder of the Ahmadiyya muslim community where he stated that um people who eat too much meat become are likely to be aggressive more aggressive, more, yes. more aggressive than people who eat you know um more like vegetables only they are also like somehow coward yeah i, I actually mean, have the yeah. quotation in sure. front of me okay okay if yeah. we have time then i yeah. can read uh, he says the founder of Ahmadiyya muslim community sure. in his uh, you know one of his most well known books the philosophy sure. of the teachings of islam he says experience also shows that different types of food affect the intellect and the mind in different ways for instance careful observation would disclose that people who refrain altogether from eating meat gradually suffer a decline of the faculty of bravery sure. they lose courage and thus suffer the loss of a divinely bestowed praiseworthy faculty this is reinforced by the evidence of the divine law of nature that the herbivore animals do not possess the same degree of courage as do the carnivore ones yeah. the same applies to birds thus there is no doubt that morals are affected by food conversely those who are given to a diet consisting mainly of meat and eat very little of the greens the philosoph- uh, they suffer a decline of meekness and humility sure. those who adopt the middle course develop both types of moral qualities sure. so that's in, in that's islam we're yeah. supposed to that is the end of quote that is in islam we are told that balance we, we you know sure. there is some aggression that is sure. necessary to be to be had okay. some bravery that is necessary if, to be had required. and courage and but at the same time humbleness and humility, uh, humility and, you know, need to be there as well sympathy and so best way best uh, method would be that we take everything in moderation, moderation and choose the middle course right choose the middle course and have a variety of foods for ourselves as well as the children and then they will grow up to to have to be having you know more um, balanced type of personality rather than being too aggressive or being too soft and you know easy pushovers whatever you want to call them so with that i would um, say a very big thank you and also a big thank you to our listeners for always being part of voice of islam and until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the ahmedia muslim community it's love for all and hatred for none assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh
सल्ले